Welcome to the number one podcast covering Michigan State basketball. The Final Four is not in the schedule. Join Rod and me, Eric, as we dive deep into the Spartans to get you prepared for every game. Subscribe today for in-depth recruiting updates and fantastic interviews with today's important college basketball personalities like Robbie Hummel. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I have listened to your guys' podcasts numerous times on drives throughout any Midwestern Big Ten city, so I, I am big fans of your guys' work. Jay Billis. And next time, hey, if anybody in Michigan wants a December tea time, call me. You wimps won't show up, but I'll I'll be there. I'll be there and play in the cold. And Izzo will be in front of the fire with hot chocolate. Coaches Thomas Kelly. Oh, no problem. Glad to be back, man. Glad to be back. Mike Garland. You just can't sit there and trade twos for threes. You can't do it. You're gonna lose. Coming down the stretch, you're gonna lose. And more. You won't find better coverage of Spartan Hoops than you will get here. For both the casual and hardcore fan, come along as we take you for a green and white ride. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod here to discuss MSU's game against the Maryland Terrapins on the road where they snuck out with a 61-59 win in College Park. Thank you so much to all who support the show on Patreon and Substack. If you want to support what we're doing, head on over to tffinots.com support. Not only can you find the links to help us out on a one-time or recurring basis, but the links for all our sponsors are there as well. I know most of you won't listen to the show right away because you're going to be watching the Lions playoff game, which is why we're going to record this, um, we'll say efficiently. But we will have a new trivia question for Nudge Printing. Everyone who enters gets a $5 gift card for Nudge, and the winner will winner, excuse me, will win a free hoodie. So you want to go over to nudgeprinting.com slash TFFINOTS to enter, or use the link on our support page. That question will be up in the next day or so. Uh, so the question is on March 4th, 2000. Michigan State won 114-63 to at the Breslin Center, where Mateen Cleave set the MSU and Big Ten record for most assists in one game at 20. Which team did the Spartans beat by 51 that game, that day? All right, Rod, let's talk about the Maryland game. Uh, Michigan State finally got its elusive road victory, went outside the state of Michigan in College Park. And uh, down the stretch, MSU's best player, Tyson Walker, hits a gigantic three, puts Michigan State up four. Jameer Jameer Young comes down, hits that two. Uh, Then the final possession, Young dribbles down, comes down, and Trey Holloman tips away out of his hands as time expires, uh, which led my son to say, I love that Trey Holloman. <laughs> so, uh, which he actually said in the first half as well, when Trey was hitting those threes, kind of a, a weird game in the sense that Michigan state had a fantastic first half. I mean, they just did about everything they wanted to do. Uh, we're up 15 points uh, at 12 of the half, 44, 32, and then only managed to score 17 points the second half, but just did enough <laughs> to prevent Maryland from coming all the way back. Although Maryland got the lead temporarily for just a few few moments in the second half. And so ekes out a 61-59 win despite playing not great in the second half. And But again, road games, the Big Ten, it's tough. And so you can't, you know, two-point win or 100-point win doesn't make a difference, I suppose. The, uh, a win's a win. And, and honestly, the way this game ended up and the way it was played in the second half was much more of what I expected. I mean, Michigan State lived in transition in the first half. And frankly, it was an easy game. Mm -hmm. And that's not what you expect against Maryland, especially Maryland at home. Now, I I think we talked in the preview that about the fact that the Maryland home court is not what it traditionally has been. And you could see it if as you were watching that game, a lot of empty seats. 
Um, that's not how it was traditionally for Maryland, certainly during their years in the ACC and Cold Fieldhouse. And, and even after they moved to the Xfinity Center um, for the first, God, however many years it's been open, uh, up, really up until the latter stages of the Turgeon era, and it hasn't recovered. Because, mm-hmm. as I say, you got a Big Ten game, kind of a big game for Maryland. Certainly the way it was huge for Michigan State, but it was also a big one for Maryland. We talked about that in the preview. They really need high-quality wins, you know, quadrant one victories, and they don't have a lot of opportunities left. This was one. Right. Uh, but all that said, Kevin Willard heading into today, I didn't realize it was quite this good. 25-2 and two at home. Yeah. He had lost one home game last year, and the only home game he'd lost this year before today was against Purdue. So even with that environment not being what it traditionally has been, boy, still a hell of a challenge. And as you said, Michigan State made the plays they needed to to win. 44 points in the first half, 17 in the second. <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know. about. And, and look, I, we could talk about Michigan State's contributions to that, and they, they were there mm-hmm. in terms of the second-half offensive futility. But – we talked in the preview about how good a defensive team Maryland is, particularly in the half court. And man, they were locked in in the second half. That was that second half. And I'm not trying to let Michigan State off the hook because it shouldn't have been 17 points great. But that's the best defensive team in that, in a half at least, that Michigan State has faced this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think it's particularly close. When I think about the games they lost in the non-conference, was Duke better? No. Was Arizona better? No. Um, have any of the other Big Ten teams they faced been better defensively? No. Um, Northwestern was good, not that good. Maryland just, they did a great job in the second half in, in everything. They handled ball screens exceptionally well. When Michigan State did get penetration, their bigs walled up. I, if I remember correctly, there was a point that Michigan State had three blocks and Maryland had none, and I think that's how the first half ended. Maryland ended the game with six. Yeah. Pretty sure those were all in the second half, if not the vast majority of them were. And and, and they weren't, you know, weak side guys coming over and, you know, swat one into the stands. They were bigs staying tall, going straight up, and denying Michigan State guys at the rim, and usually Maryland getting possession out of it. Yeah. Keeping the ball in play. That's the other thing. I mean, that's – if you ever – and this is going old, old, old school, even before my time, but that was in clips that I've seen, but more honestly reading about them, that was the thing that everybody said made Bill Russell – such an elite shot blocker, and some people to this day think the best in NBA history, is because he didn't just block shots. He got his team possession out of them. He kept them in play. So it essentially was like a rebound yeah, um, or a turnover, however you want to define it. And that's what Maryland was doing. Um, they, didn't, they didn't leave Michigan State shooters. I mean, Michigan State missed a couple of open threes, but I thought they did a better job 
mostly because they weren't running after Michigan State transition. They did a better job of limiting good looks. I mean, Tyson Walker had an incredibly difficult day getting loose. A.J. Hogard had to work his ass off to get himself to the rim or into the lane, get himself scoring opportunities, or even just penetrate to force the defense to contort and then be able to find open shooters. I tip my hat to Maryland's second-half defense in the half court. The biggest key for them is they had to make it a half-court game, yeah. which meant they they had to stop with live ball turnovers. They didn't completely stop those, but they did a better job, and they also had to hit the offensive boards a bit, and they did that too, and then just better floor balance in general. And I thought they did all of those things. They made it a half-court game. Michigan State did not have a single fast-break point in the second half. And again, that that tracks with what I saw of this mm-hmm. um, through my eyes. We, we argue about the validity of those <laughs> of that stat sometimes, yeah. but um, I think it was accurate in terms of it, how it captured the flow of the game. Uh, but, you know, huge, huge, huge plays down the stretch. And A.J. Hogard and Tyson Walker were huge offensively down the stretch for Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Tyson Walker's three. Now, granted, Maryland comes right back and gets that long two for that step back two from Young, but that doesn't that doesn't override the importance of Tyson Walker hitting that three. Michigan State could not buy a jumper. The buckets they were getting late were were mostly AJ getting to the rim. You know, yeah, when he wasn't getting um, blocked. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right, but he did. But he he was scoring late. I mean, yeah. they had 17 points in the half. I'd have to look at it to track, but I want to say in the last five minutes, maybe seven of those points came, maybe even nine. Um, and a lot of that was AJ. Mm-hmm. But Tyson Walker getting just a glimpse. It wasn't a great look, but it was a great look compared to most of the others they had in the second <laughs> half, which were virtually non-existent. And clutch. That last shot Tyson had, I was shocked he didn't hit it. Oh, that one? Yeah, it looked like a nice rhythm shot even late in the shot clock. He got right, right. He got loose. It was a it was a good look, nice shot window. Nobody really around him to contest it. Mid-range, probably about a 12-, 13-foot jumper. I, I thought that would be bottom of the net. I was very surprised he missed it. But then Maryland gets the rebound. MSU, a good job in a scramble situation. That's you're very vulnerable at at uh, end game scenarios when you have a when you have it play out like that you miss a jumper boy sometimes everybody is so locked in on maybe trying to get an offensive rebound or watching the shooter that you can get beat you can get unbalanced in the in the scramble Michigan State did not they got everybody back so there was no transition chance for Maryland no easy one at least Jameer Young coming down you knew he wasn't going to give it up and then Trey Holloman with just a sensational play. And and I think Trey's the player of this game because of the offensive work he did in the first half. And then and it wasn't even just that play. I thought he played pretty well defensively in the second half in general. Yes. But obviously the steal just just unbelievable. Yeah. Um and it's funny, I'm looking it doesn't count as a steal I'm in looking that game. at these stats. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I guess because Malik Hall came up with it. Yeah, uh, no, Malik Hall doesn't have one either. They just, I think the time expired. I think the time steal. expired before they got possession. Is probably what happened. You know, mm, that's not accurate. But whatever, yeah. we'll, we'll give the scorekeeper a break. <laughs> that was a steal. Whether they give it to him or not, Trey Trey Holloman knocked the ball loose. You want to give that to Malik Hall for recovering it? Okay, maybe that's it. That because it because it wasn't um, it wasn't a knock away, and then Trey gets possession. They don't give him credit for the steal, but what a defensive play regardless. Um, just huge. Uh, I do see he had a turnover. He was only one-to-one today. He had the one that he should have had another turnover, Very but turned out to an ass- it turned out to an assist. He got like back, <laughs> tossed out eight. Well, look, this is just to, just to, to um, kind of wrap my initial thoughts here, and you touched on it. They finally get a road win. Yeah. Desperately needed. Now you're four and four. You're going into Madison, which is going to be a tough game. Wisconsin is playing well, despite their loss at Penn State. Uh, that's their first conference loss of the season. But look, that's a building much like this one that has a historical reputation of being very difficult. But really, since Greg Gard took over in Madison, Michigan State has generally played pretty well there, and they've won a lot of games. So I don't think you go into that one um, feeling that you can't win. And boy, if you get that, then you're really talking about some momentum. But this is big, regardless of what happens in Madison. Um, they get a road win. They're back to four and four, uh, back to 500 for, for the first time this year, actually. Yeah. Since they were 0-0. Right. They've, cli- they've climbed out of that early 0-2 hole. And, and again, the road win now sets you up going forward. You have confidence that you've got guys that are going to be able to make plays, winning plays in tight situations, and you can win an ugly game, which is what this thing became. We we figured Maryland would, would try to make it that because that's how they play. That's how they win. Yep. Um, and they sure did it in the second half, and it almost worked. But in the end, Michigan State, just a couple of plays too many, and uh, and they get the victory. Yeah, I guess we'll just probably go through the through just a regular format here. Just one little word. If you happen to know the Michigan State Information Director, tell them to get their stats up. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing that we always have to use opposing team stats uh, after the game. They are the slowest. It is amazing. They are the slowest in the conference. Even like these, these little far. tiny schools that come in and play Michigan State, they still have their stats up. We have to use... <laughs> Yeah. Use those. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it. And Maryland's Maryland's stat format, which is what we're looking at, is exactly identical. the same as Michigan yeah. State's. Identical. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes other schools do it a little differently, but Maryland's is identical. Uh I don't understand it, but it is consistent. You gotta give them that. <laughs> They're consistently slow. Uh all right. Game in, game out. <laughs> Number one in consistency. All right. Uh so let's talk about the you should say player that need to keep in the gutter brought to you by the brothers that just your gutters. Again, it is late, uh, late January and it is not great weather, but the brothers that just your gutters will still go out and take care of your gutter problems. And guess what? You get gutter problems at this time of year as well. That snow starts melting. It starts coming down your gutters. If they're not situated properly, you might get leaking your downspouts or off the sides. So they're the ones who can come out and fix that. They can clean them out. They can put the leaf guards on. They can replace them. Whatever you need done, the Brothers to Adjust Two Gutters do fantastic work. We've had a number of people who've contacted me thanking me for uh, recommending them through our through our show. And so anyway, a, thanks, a big thanks to Kurt and Greg in the southeast side of the state and the Grand Rapids metro area. So if you need work done, the Brothers 
gutters.com is where you want to go. You can find links to that, again, at a support page. 10% off if you mention Final Four when you get your estimate for the work. And they don't just do residential. Reminder, they also do commercial if you have a, a business or something you need it done as well. As well. So the player that Michigan State needed to keep in the gutter was Jameer Young. He played almost the entire game, 36 minutes. He was 6 for 15 from the field, 3 for 6 from 3, which is above his uh, average, 4 for 4 from the line, which is below his average in the sense that he only got 4 free throw attempts. Had four rebounds, four assists, seven turnovers, and a steal. Finished with 19 points. So it's one of these where I guess in, I don't feel like he ever took over the game, although he ended up with a lot of points. I, I don't feel like he was – I don't think he – I think it was still a win, <laughs> although they didn't totally keep him in the gutter. What do you think? No, they didn't shut him down completely by any means. But But look, here are the things that are biggest to me in that. Six of 15 from the floor. So, yeah. He got hot from three. He was three for six. But you take those away, three for nine inside the arm. Yeah. That's doing a job. That means the guards were making it tough on him. And when he got to the rim, the bigs made it tough on him as well by staying down, staying tall, going straight up. Um, four for four at the line. This is a That's almost holding him to half his average attempts. He averages right around seven. Yeah. They hold him to four. Outs and an outstanding job in general by Michigan State in that regard. Maryland only attempted 11 free throws. That's a huge win. That might be, you could debate, I would say the two things that were most important for Michigan State getting the win were that and turnovers. Uh, but that was huge. This is a team that averages many, many more free throw attempts than that. Dante Scott averages seven and a half free throws attempt, free throw attempts per. I'm sorry, Julian Reese, Reese. He had three. Average seven and a half. He had three. Yeah. Um, the other big number that stands out to me with Jamiri on seven turnovers, yeah. four assists. That's he's not even a two to one guy, so it's not shocking that he had mistakes. But Michigan State didn't allow him to really create a ton for his teammates, and the seven turnovers. I don't know how many of them were steals. <laughs> I think a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot. And and again, that you know, Michigan State was credited with nine steals as a team. I'm gonna bet more than half of those were against Jameer Young. Um, and again, that last one should have been. Yeah. Because it was a steal. Right. Whether it gets credited that way or not. Um so I'm gonna say it's at least halfway there. It's hard to say you kept you shut a guy down when he scored nineteen points. But that was an ugly 19 for him. His three-point shooting, and he's an okay shooter. He's 34% on the year. He goes three for six, so a little better than you would have expected. But, man, that's the only thing that kept him even having a solid performance, you know, if you want to yeah. call it that. I, I'm impressed with what Michigan State did with him, and I think you used the right phrase. They didn't let him take over. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, they did a good job. And I think that just that just shows how they were – that was the main focus of the defense, right, to prevent the, yeah. dribble, the significant dribble penetration. And really, Maryland yes. never got anything going there because you have 11 free throws. I mean, Michigan State – I don't think either of us expected Michigan State to have more free throw attempts. They made no. they had more free throw makes no than Maryland attempted. I mean, that's that was surprising. Yeah. No way. No way did I expect it. And that's – look, when even with the second half where Maryland shot a lot better – they end this game at uh, 42% from the floor, which is okay. That's not, you don't say, wow, that's a lockdown defensive effort for Michigan State. 
but it's respectable. It's solid. It's certainly holding them. I, I'd have to look and see whether that's at Maryland seasonal average or not, but um, solid job by Michigan State there. But when you combine that only giving them 11 free throw attempts, that's big. That's really big. That's that's the kind of thing that is enables you to win an ugly game. Yep. You know, don't give a bad shooting team. I mean, and again, Maryland from three certainly was well above what they normally do, especially in the second half. But um, the lack of free throws, that's such a huge part of Maryland's game plan. And Michigan State just did a solid job of guarding without fouling. Yeah, and in fact, you could almost argue that Michigan State's strategy of forced them to outside shooting, they took 22 threes, which is, I'm guessing is more than usual, but they still hit them in yeah. a very good clip. I mean, they were 36%, and even the first half when they weren't very good, 5 to 15, that's still above their average for 27-some percent. So Right, right, and we, we can, you know, we could talk, well, let, let's talk about that when we get into, yeah, the, I think so into too. the uh keys. So let's talk about the Squeegee Squad of Grand Rapids. They sponsor our Michigan State player who, best cleans the glass if you're in the grand rapids metro area there's no better per- person or business I, sh- I guess i should say to come clean your glass the squeegee squad will come out if you're a house or if you have a business maybe even a high rise they will come and take care of all of that now that the weather's warming up a teeny bit they can come out and actually uh, wash down your windows they get up on the ladders which uh, is something i wouldn't want to do in this type of weather but they'll get right up to the windows to make sure it's a nice streak free clean which is important if you you know if you're standing on the the ground, it's a lot easier to kind of do the things a lot quicker. The windows, but they're not going to be as clean. They'll also come down inside and do the interior, the screens, the window sills, all that stuff. So you actually will be able to see clearly, which is uh, very important. <laughs> if as someone who has glasses, let me tell you, if you don't have your if you can't see clearly, it makes a big difference. So uh, you want to contact the Squeegee Squad, and it was three two. I had the lead as far as the leading rebounders. I picked Madi Sissoko, who only ended up playing 10 minutes uh, because of foul trouble. There you go. He had five rebounds, one offensive, four defensive. Uh, Cooper had four, and Malik Hall had six rebounds. So not a good rebounding day in general for Michigan State. But you had Hall, so we're all tied up now at three piece. So uh, kudos to you. Thanks to the Zebras. <laughs> The only time you'll ever hear me say thank you to the officials, but or rarely. But uh, yeah, keep it rolling. Yeah, and a, and a rebounding performance that was, you know, it's funny. It New Maryland well, got the. Let's talk. The, we can talk about it briefly. Let's talk about that. When we get to the. Yeah, yeah we'll talk about the ahead. key. When we get to the keys, of the, uh, keys of the game, and then we'll um we'll, we'll go into that. So uh, let's go to the keys of the game. Brought to you by Nudge Printing. As I mentioned, Nudge Printing is uh has a new contest and the trivia question. As I mentioned before, you can find the link to that at nudgeprinting.com slash TFFINOTS or through our support page. You can get to it either way. There you can enter, again, $5 gift card for everyone who enters. And then if you happen to be the winner, you get a free hoodie. So you can't, I mean, you got nothing to lose. It's uh, it's a great deal. So head on over there and take care of that. Again, that will be up in the next day or so. Gabe still has to get it up. But my guess is you're not listening to this right away. <laughs> it's a Lions game. So, And then we're going to have hear a brief word from Nudge Printing. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Gabe Viscomi, owner of the fantastic sponsor of the Final Four Sound the Schedule, Nudge Printing. We're here to take a peek behind the curtain. All right, Gabe. So what was your experience at Michigan State like? Uh, so I went, um, well, first of all, I grew up in Oklahoma, So I've been around Michigan State gosh, forever. I used to work at the um, Kilwins chocolate store right off of Grand River. I don't know if you remember. Okay. Um, so I was always around the games but actually going to college i was staying at um shaw hall the dorm 
And um, that was a lot of fun. Like just being like in the center of campus. I worked in the cafeteria. Um, I volunteered at all of the um, the football concession stand type of thing. So I would go to the games that way. Um, but yeah, it was just a great time being able to meet different people and experience college life, basically. Your basic college experience. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the five keys to the game brought to you by Nudge Printing at nudgeprinting.com. You get 20% off your order if you mention Final Four and in the coupon code as you make your order. And so the first key to the game is ball movement. And this is a thing that first half, absolutely, without a doubt, Michigan State had fantastic ball movement, which is what why they got so many points and scored so well and so easily at 44 to the first half. Yeah, but a, but a lot of that, honestly, was a function of being able to play a 94-foot game. Yeah, right. I think even in the first half, when Maryland was able to make it a half-court game, Michigan State wasn't great. And and give look the the stat that tells you everything you need to know about this nine assists for Michigan State on twenty one yeah, made field right. goals so well below fifty percent that's that's not that tells you this was not a game played the way Michigan State wants to play it again I and I say this that kind of number does not mean you can't be a good offensive team don't get me wrong it means that. Michigan State, with the way they play, is probably not being able to play the way they want to because their offense ideally is predicated on good ball movement. I think that was the adjustment. Well, not even an adjustment. Just that they executed better late in this game, though. I mentioned I really thought A.J. was good down the stretch. Yeah. He got on a, a half where they just got nothing done. Offensively, I mean, they, I think, I think they had either four or six points scored through the first eleven or twelve it minutes. Was I mean, it dreadful. was brutal, yeah. <laughs> brutal. And and again, just good defense, and that's what Maryland was doing. Maryland, every in every respect, half court defense. The way they handled pick and roll, the way they located and closed on shooters, denial of dribble penetration, and then when somebody did get near the rim, staying long and not fouling, but contesting shots inside. They did all of it except, oh, they defensive rebounded as well. Yeah. So they did everything well. In the end, in a situation like that, with them playing, executing defensively the way they were, and for whatever reason, Michigan State not being able to counter it the way they normally want to with ball movement, um, it was going to take guys making some individual plays, just one-on-one, just squaring somebody up, and not that it was pure one-on-one because A.J. certainly had helps with picks, but he was very determined down the stretch to get himself to the basket and give him give himself a chance to convert, and he got just enough of them to make a difference. But look, bottom line is Maryland's defense, I give a lot of the credit. I, I think some of it was Michigan State maybe being a little more stagnant than we'd want, but honestly – I don't have the same kind of criticism in that regard that I've had at other points this year. Right. I thought Michigan State was trying to run their stuff. They were trying to play with pace. They just were facing a team that can guard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And 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 who played that way and and which finally figured out, hey, if we can slow these guys down and actually make them play five on five, we got a good chance of stopping them. And that they did until the end of the game and Michigan State made enough plays to win. 
Second key to the game is defend without fouling, and without a doubt, Michigan State did a great wow. job here, right? I mean, those we mentioned. A plus plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to do that, to limit that team to 11 free throw attempts at home. is phenomenal. Like, you know, you get the home yep, whistle. At home. And even then. The only, the only guy who really, let me look at Michigan State's stats here. I mean, I guess, well, Trey had three fouls, but the only guy who was really in foul trouble was Mahdi. Yeah. Um, that's it. Everybody else really stayed. I think Malik had to sit a few minutes at the end of the first half because he picked up a second, but he didn't get any in the second half. Um, for the game, let me look at the game total. For the game, Michigan State only committed 14 that's fouls. That's crazy. And that's, you got to understand, it is Maryland's M.O. It is their game plan, as we talked about in the preview. They want to play downhill, and then at times they also want Reese and to a lesser extent, Scott, to cause foul trouble too by what those guys can do in the lane. But to to play the caliber of defense Michigan State played and to not put them on the line with more regularity than that, phenomenal. Definitely one of the biggest keys to this win. So A++ in that regard for MSU. And it, and it should build confidence, you know? Oh, yeah. And you can never account for the way particular officiating crew is going to call a game right a different crew might have called more fouls just because yeah right you know but but this should give you confidence you know maryland might be one of the better teams in doing this but they're not the only one that michigan state will face and this should give this team confidence hey we can check people play aggressively play physically and still not let them live on the line i mean i i actually think this michigan state team has been, and I haven't checked the, the stats uh, closely on this, but I think they're at least a little better than we often see. MSU usually is a team that gives up a fair amount of free throws mm -hmm. yeah, because they want to play physically on defense. And so that's something that, you know, Tom Izzo will live with as long as it's not excessive. But I think this team, at least at times, has been better, and boy, never better than today. Yeah. I mean, I think that's in many respects because of the guard play, right? I think you've got three really... High level, uh, sure. now even four, right? If you throw four, Trey in there, four. Jeremy's hurt, but and, it, and they right? and they had five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, third key to the game is to avoid giveaways. Again, this is a, a another easy win here. They had eight turnovers, none of them that really yep. bad, and they had and they forced eighteen, which is sort of the other way. They sort of gave Maryland a little bit of its own yep. medicine. Uh, here's how you know Michigan State played well in this regard. Uh, you said eight turnovers total. That's a very good number. Maryland is a team, I'd have to go back and see exactly how many steals they average, but they're a top 100 team in steal percentage. Yeah. They only had four. And points off turnovers, seven. Yep. That's, that's it. You know, I, I will say, I thought we might see a little more of that three-quarter court trapping stuff that you only saw a handful of possessions. Yep. Just to try to disrupt. But, uh, you know, in fairness to Kevin Willard, man, in that second half, I would probably have been inclined to say, hey, don't rock the boat. Yeah, whatever's the, you know? slowing it down because, is working. Because the, the one thing, I mean, the trapping is a nice change of pace for them, and they do generate turnovers out of it sometimes. But the flip side of it is if the opponent breaks it and Michigan State has a reasonable chance to handle it, then you might give up not a pure transition opportunity, but you could very easily give up a wide open look. Yeah. So I think they were right not to do that. But 
hats off to Michigan State in this regard. Another, the turnover battle was another huge key. Absolutely no question about it. When when you limit your mistakes and you force a bunch, I mean, Michigan State had more steals than they had turnovers. <laughs> yeah. That's big. That tells you they were being very active defensively and they were doing a great job valuing the ball themselves. And the fourth key to the game is definitely a loss or miss for Michigan State. That defensive rebounding. Uh, Michigan State had yeah. 20 well, rebounds overall, 22 overall. Uh, Maryland finishes with 37, so that's not even close. But also, uh, you know, I think Reese had six offensive rebounds, which was four more than Michigan State had. Maryland ends with a 31% offensive rebounding rate with nine. Michigan yeah. State with 7% <laughs> with two out of two uh, total. But, here, but here's the thing. Yeah, uh, the defensive rebounding, uh, you can't categorize it as a win. In my mind, I use 30%, and I think most people do, as kind of the demarcation line mm-hmm. between, you know, if you're below that, wow, you did a very good job. If they're above that, you probably give at least a very slight nod to the offense. Um, I'll give Maryland a slight nod, and it felt worse because there was a stretch where you mentioned Reese had six of the nine himself. Yeah. And there was a stretch where he seemed to really be taking over, but just a stretch. Mm-hmm. And and the bottom line is they only had 10 second chance points. Well, that's it. They didn't really now, make, granted, didn't do much with them, yeah. Michigan State had one, <laughs> so they win that battle for sure. But it wasn't disastrous. Yeah. You know, when you when you when you look at that. And you say, okay, but you win the transition game, you win um, the turnover battle, including points off turnovers. I mean, Michigan State had 19 points off Maryland turnovers to seven. So just compare those two because they're comparable stats. Maryland is a nine-point edge in second-chance points. Michigan State a 12-point edge in points off turnovers. So that's a plus three for MSU, and they won the game by two. So, yeah, not great. I mean, Tom Izzo's not going to be very happy with that, and I don't blame him. Um, but it wasn't the ass kicking that it, it felt worse to me watching the game. And then I looked at the numbers and said, that's not as bad as I thought. Because I, I really thought Julian Reese was just, you know, absolutely taking over. Um, and he did six offensive rebounds, a whole hell of a lot to give up, but, um, but still not, you know, not bad. And by the way, zero team offensive rebounds, which might not seem like a big deal, but what it tells you, you know, oftentimes what's happening in some of these games where opponents are really racking up offensive rebound totals is Michigan state is having a hard time just securing a defensive rebound. Yeah. You know, it's contested, ball goes off us. Yep. Uh, that didn't happen today. And so, yeah, it's a negative, but uh, not a huge one. And so the final fifth key to the game was the transition game. And as you mentioned, Michigan State had an edge there, 14-3, to three, and that was, I think, accurate. They, especially the first yeah. half, got a lot done, nothing in the second half. Yes. Yeah, and, you know, credit to Maryland for uh, deciding <laughs> to uh, <laughs> emphasize that a little more. Um, even though Michigan state, even when they generated some, like I can think of one, it was a bad decision. Uh, but where Jaden stripped, I think he stripped his Jameer one on Young. three. 
Yeah, and so even in those live ball scenarios, Maryland did a good job, and as you say, that's exactly the point. He strips the ball in the first half, the way Maryland was playing, that's probably, at worst, a one-on-one scenario yeah. for Jaden. In this case, it was one-on-three, and of course he missed a very, very tough uh, layup attempt. And so, but But the first half was more than enough to give Michigan State the edge here. And and it was great to see them get that much done. I honestly, if you told me they'd get 14 transition points for the game coming into this one, my inclination would have been to say, okay, that's not bad. Not not spectacular, but it's not bad. If you told me they get 14 and a half, I would have been shocked. So <laughs> the way it unfolded was a little unusual, but that first half performance was good enough Um to give MSU what they needed from that phase of the game. Yeah. And you know, look, Maryland's not a bad team. They're not, they're not great team, but they're not going to, you're not going to just run over them on their home court. I mean, they're going to come out and just like well, they did the well, second half, they, they, you know, fixed some things and they were tough. They're tough out Two two things, 25 and three now under Kevin Willard, right. with today's loss at home. So that tells you, Hey, these guys mostly get it done at the Xfinity center. And then the second thing is, anytime you can defend at the level they can defend, you've got a chance to ugly a game up and hang around. Now, I think the most disappointing thing about that second half, which we can talk about for a second, was the way it started. And I don't just mean that Maryland got back into the game quickly, but it was the nature of it. It was just... um, threes they hit a couple threes but then to make it worse they had a couple of and ones that they converted i think reese had one and scott had one in that initial flurry yeah so it was just it was just chipping you know and msu has a couple bad offensive possessions and all of a sudden a 12 point halftime lead is down to like three yep they got into it very quickly and it was just michigan state and and both of those and ones both of them were a result of poor double team discipline where they got over to double a guy in the post but they didn't seal it the guy was able to split the double and then convert and draw the foul that's a cardinal sin if you're coming come and execute you know don't don't leave that space and both times those guys made him pay so that was that was the disappointing thing because what you what you should have in your back pocket when you're up double digits at halftime is okay, they may be able to get back in this, but let's make it a slog. Let's make them have to use a lot of energy, yeah, to get back in it. And then what you hope is by doing that, we've seen Michigan State do that a couple times this year, right? Right. Big halftime deficits. They come storming back, but they're not able to close, not entirely, but in part because they don't have enough gas in the tank because of all the energy they had to expend just to get back in it. Maryland, I felt, got back into this way too easily. Yep, I totally agree. Well, I guess we'll leave it there as we'll make our way to the Lions game. Uh, so hopefully Lions pull it off and we're, you know, I, I also wonder in some level, I wonder if the team's going to hop on a plane real quick and try and catch some of the game, you know, since Barry Sanders, I don't know. if I, I imagine at least Nick would be there, but. Uh, get there, get to the game a little bit late, because it shouldn't be too long. Oh, I'll, 
too long a, a flight. A lot late. <laughs> Shouldn't be too long a flight from the airport. And, yeah. Yeah, but you private yeah, jet. I don't you know. Just fly right there. Challenging. <laughs> I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, well, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked if they would. Um, if they would uh, kind of watch it, maybe um, somewhere somewhere en route to the airport. Yeah. Uh, but then again, unlike the old days. It's not all Michigan kids on no, that. No, it's not. No, there is what guy you know? who's you know has some ties to the the Lions though personally. So maybe they're sure sure is that's true. <laughs> Nick Sanders would maybe be a a difference maker there. Um, well, yeah, just I mean to wrap it up, big as you said at the outset, man. Road wins are like gold. <laughs> they are the yeah. toughest commodity to come by in this conference. So if you get one, no matter how you get it, you don't complain. You say thank you. You put it in your pocket. You move on. Michigan State finally got one um, after losing what losing their first three. Yep. And uh, hopefully it's a sign of of more to come. And this team continues to round into shape as you know we're we're starting we're we're starting to edge into late January now. So it's definitely becoming time where you look at you look at the way they're playing. And you say all right, this is when if you're Michigan State, you need to make your move. You need to be getting not not a move to win a Big Ten title necessarily. That's going to be tough sledding with the situation they've got. But you want to make your move in terms of steady improvement aiming toward March where you want to be obviously at your best. And I've said this before here, for all the knocks on the last three years, and I get it, the reality is all three of those teams were playing Good to very good basketball by the time the NCAA tournament rolled around. They were. Yep. I mean, the the three years ago, they take an overtime loss to UCLA in a play-in game. Nobody knew you know, UCLA would make a run to a Final Four, so that certainly looked better than it was thought at the time. But the fact is they went OT. They didn't play badly in that game. They just got beat by a good opponent. Um, the year after that, they go and they win their first-round game, and then they, they have a whatever it was, a three-point lead maybe over Duke mm-hmm. with under four to play. Just couldn't hold on. That was a Duke team that was very, very good. Um, were they a one seed that year? They were, they were two. close to they were it. Two. They were two. Okay, they were two seed. Yeah. Um, and then last year, of course, they get to the Sweet 16. So if this holds, even with all the struggles in November and December, all that stuff, the loss at Northwestern, all the things that have happened, if this team stays on its current path um, and stays healthy, which is also big, and I think today, you know, we saw Jaden Jaden Akins with an ankle and A.J. Hogard took what looked like a stinger on his right arm. Um, You know, those are the kind of things that make you catch your breath because one injury to that guard group and all of a sudden we go from one of the deepest backcourts in America to, oh, my God, we've got three guards. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And so they got to stay healthy, but if they keep playing, keep on the trajectory they're on and stay healthy, uh, there's a lot to play for yet. And today was a big step in that direction. Absolutely. So everyone enjoy the weather out there. I got a a little over four miles of cross-country skiing in beautiful woods here in Sand Lakes, which is, I think, some of the prettiest trails if you ever have a chance to get up by the Kalkask area. But anyway, until next time, the Final Four is on the schedule. Go Lions and go Green.